Welcome to Growing Your Team, a podcast designed for small business owners seeking to grow their company with the help of employees and contractors. Your time is limited, which means growing and leveraging teams is essential for business success. The Growing Your Team podcast is the place to learn tips and techniques designed to help you know when it's the right time to hire, how to select perfect fit team members, and how to maximize productivity while creating a positive work environment. Drawing from her 10 plus years of leadership and hiring experience, here is your host, Jamie Van Kuyk. Hello, Jamie Van Kuyk here and welcome back to the Growing Your Team podcast. Today, I have on guest Ashley Schuler. Ashley doesn't believe in quick fixes and seeks to create transformative solutions for small business owners, teams, and leaders so they can operate more efficiently in their business. As principal of Schuler Strategies Group, aka hashtag Ask Ash Consulting, one of Ashley's superpowers is the ability to take big picture ideas and create unique recipes for entrepreneurs to reclaim their time, improve team communications, and manage mission-oriented projects for their organizations. Ashley's journey with project management operations and creating time-saving solutions began in 2012, where she has trained teams and managed projects across government agencies with the Department of Commerce, Department of Homeland Security, and Executive Office of the President and the U.S. Senate on Small Business and Entrepreneurship. Originally from Northern Virginia, Ashley holds a B.A. in Government from the College of William and Mary in Williamsburg, Virginia, and obtained her master's degree from George Mason University School of Public Policy. In her off time, Ashley enjoys playing with her puppy, hanging out with family and friends, and serving her local community. In this conversation, Ashley and I are talking all about project management and how you can use project management tools to create efficiency in your business. So instead of you having to sort through emails and different documents and ask questions, you can easily see where projects stand and what needs to be done and who's working on things. Not only will this save time, it helps to reduce errors because things are centralized. This conversation is super, super important if you want an effective business and happy team members. So while this week we're talking to Ashley about how to create project management systems and how to use them and the benefits in your business from a business perspective, in two weeks, On episode 129, Heather Schombrus is coming on to share everything from an employee perspective and how project management tools improve things for your team members as well. So these two episodes pair together, one from the business perspective, one from the employee perspective, to really show you why project management is so important. So let's jump into today's conversation so that way you can start the journey of setting up the project management systems that your business needs. Hi, Ashley. Thank you so much for joining us today on the Growing Your Team podcast. Jamie, this is going to be such an exciting time uh, to engage with you all 
about all the things in between of growing the uh, growing your team. So this is going to be fantastic. Yes. Yes, Ashley, I'm looking forward to it. All right, before we jump in and get talking, can you take a moment and tell everyone listening about you and your business? Absolutely. Um, my name is Ashley Schuler. I am the principal and founder of Schuler Strategies Group, where we um, help solve problems with small business owners and leaders um, through project management consulting, which goes into the organization of business operations in your projects, from teaching project management to actually coming in and helping you developing a strategy for your team so that you can implement project management as a process inside your business so that you can grow, also uh, be able to reclaim your time, and also increase efficiency within in your team. It's truly really one of my uh, beliefs. I believe that project management as a whole is one of the mo most underrated processes in terms of one of the core pillars of growing your business. And so I'm excited to talk about how that process is able to leverage team operations and helping people to get to the next level. Yeah, I agree. It is so important, the project management and everything, because when you start out with your business, it's you. You're most likely doing everything. You're growing this idea. You're getting to the point where you can bring people on. And then when you bring people on, you have another person in the mix and possibly more people than that. And you don't want to go from doing everything yourself to then feel like you're manually managing everything yourself because you're trying to figure out what are they doing? Where is this? Where is that? You want a way that you can easily see and know the status of everything without having to take your time or people's times to have conversations about it. That's exactly right. And what's so important to, to know is that we are all in our business already doing project management work. So I like to always bring that point up because some people are like, oh, I've never heard of it. No, you're doing it. You just don't know that you're doing it. Um, that marketing campaign, uh, the social media, the podcasting, the actual client work itself, you know, you are already doing the work. Now it's really about actually putting together a formalized process that not only takes your genius and puts it into the mix, but also helps to leverage your current process out so that when you are working with others, it's seamless, right? Because that's what we really want, you know, in our business. So if you are a solopreneur, uh, you know, and you are just wondering sort of how to kind of get things done, this episode will definitely um, take you and it'll provide you with some insight. And those that already have teams, right? You guys are already, maybe you're already figuring out how you guys are going to, uh, you're figuring out how you're going to interact with one another. This is going to be really great because we have some really good tips to um, really share with you today. Yes, I'm so excited. And uh, I think you mentioned something that I find it's so important. And I'm stressing this all the time when we come to onboarding and training new team members. And I always say it's like, okay, even if you hire that expert that knows how to do the role, they don't know how to do it within your company yet. Your processes, your procedures, your expectations that could look completely different than within another, another company. And like, that's how you just like mentioned that of getting your processes out, figuring that. And you don't want someone coming in and kind of like recreating the wheel and you're not liking what they're doing. Like maybe the output's the same, but you're just like, oh my gosh, I'm so frustrated with how are they getting there? Like, you know, they're, they're, they're doing something completely different than what I want. So it's, yeah, this is going to create that business and that allows your team members 
to meet your expectations. You're absolutely right because we often think, okay, I have to get someone in because they need to help me with the process. Now, while that is entirely not a a concept or a thought that should be thrown out the window, but what we should be thinking about too, when we're talking about the process, what are those outcomes? Because again, the, the frustration point is I have not properly articulated what it is that I'm expecting for this particular process. So whether that's onboarding, offboarding, the actual client um, work in that process of what you're looking to execute on, it's so important that you have an idea yourself. This is what I'm looking to do. This is what I have so far. And many people often think that you have to have something convoluted. You have to have something perfect coming to the table. And when you have someone that's coming in, whether it could be your OBM, another team member, whatever it is, you know, you have to just say, hey, this is what I have so far, right? This is what I'm looking to do with your eyes. I'd like to see how this can be improved. You know what I'm saying? And I think that's where the, the, the true um, magic happens, right? Is when you're able to properly articulate what it is that you're looking at and then bring in someone who has that specialty to say, you know what, I see where you're going. And this is one, this is another way that we can actually look to accomplish your goal. You know what I'm yeah. saying? And so that's, that's how you get that collaboration in there too. Yes. Oh my gosh. You just said like so many amazing things in there that I just want to break down everyone. Cause there's, uh, it was so, so valuable. It's like, first you made the comment about not necessarily hiring someone expecting that they're going to create those processes for you. And I think that's so, that's so true. It's like, I find that that issue a lot of times where people it's like, well, I want to hire this employee to do this, but they're going to figure, help me figure out exactly what needs to get done and exactly how to hand things off and all that stuff. And I was just like, well, if you don't figure out that first, like at least the rough outline, how do you know who you're hiring? How do you know who's going to be successful in that position? And that's when I turn to them and say, the person that if you need help figuring that out so you can make that hire and figure you need to hire maybe the consultant or the person that that is their specific role is to help you figure out those processes, you know, organize things, figure out what you need in your business. They're going to come in kind of on that project basis and then you could go and hire that long-term team member once you have all that figured out. So you could still hire someone to help you figure it out. It's just probably different than the long-term person that you need to actually do those tasks. So that is one thing that I think is really important. Oh, absolutely. And you know, one thing that I often t- talk about is the, the vision piece of it. You know, we see like different companies, they'll have the, their mission and their vision, you know, we'll read about mission and vision statements. Um, but to really bring it home, we too have to have a vision for our team. We have to have a vision for the projects that we are working on and we have to be able to articulate that. So taking some time, five to 10 minutes, I often say, you know, especially when I'm breaking down a step-by-step process, I always make sure to emphasize that you're not taking, um, depending on what the complexity of it, I said, you may not be taking hours upon hours, um, to develop the vision, but you do want to spend the appropriate time and only you could, you'll know that actually looking through and saying, all right, well, what is the vision that I'm actually looking to do when I'm looking to create a team? Like what's the vision, you know, in terms of my first hire, what's the vision that I'm looking for, for, um, when I'm looking at, uh, mastering my my documentation, my processes. I think that's so important to know that because that clarity is just going to help you get closer to where it is that you're looking to go. 
Exactly. Yeah. I love that. And that kind of brings me into like the next thing that I wanted to, to really stress about like what you shared was it doesn't have to be perfect from the beginning. You know, it's have that outline, have that thing that you're like, okay, like this is, this is good. I can bring someone, I can train someone, we can start doing this and then get their input and feedback. You're only one person. You have one point of view on what you're doing. And sometimes we get stuck into it's the way I've been doing it. So it's the way it must be done mentality. And when you bring that other person in, it's like, okay, now I see what you're doing. I see the process, but let's try this. Can we do this? Can we tweak this? Oh, if we do this, it speeds things up. And you, you will allow that person on that other side, who's actually doing sometimes the work, giving that input. So that way you create the perfect process or the better process instead of here's what I've been doing. So it must be what's going to work forever. I mean, and you're absolutely right, because one of another point that I always emphasize is making sure that you're also visualizing what it is that you are looking to do. So you have the visioning piece, right, where you're, you know, you'll write down, you know, some write down the vision, you know, write, write down what you're looking for. But even with that, like the actual visualization piece helps as well. So I always tell people whenever you are looking to implement a new it could be a process, a product, a service, an idea, whatever it is, actually whiteboard it out. So I definitely use um, Whimsical, which is a, a flow charting tool, a whiteboard um, tool. And so any idea that comes to my mind, any process that comes, I'm starting there. And I'm starting literally from the perspective of, all right, vision, what's the outcome, and then literally mapping it out step by step with little boxes and arrows because I believe the power of visualizing what you have in front of you can really disrupt the actual original intent. Oh, no, that's not what I meant. And then again, bringing in that other person that's being able to say, you know what, um, I want you, I want to walk, I want to walk the, through this with you. Does that make sense to you? Or vice versa, that other, um, the team members coming to you and saying, based upon what we talked about, this is what was said you know, and being able to put it in that visual format. Here's where I see us being able to make some improvements. Does that make sense? You know, and so that's so, so important. Yeah. Mapping it out, like seeing things visually, I think is so important because it helps you figure out the holes, the gaps, like things you're not thinking of. Like I um, remember years and years and years ago going through process improvement projects in corporate and like that was one of the things like map things out because you're like oh this this pro process is so simple because we do it every day and then when you map it out you're like oh my god it takes 100 steps to go from point a to point b and all these handoffs and all this back and forth and you're like no wonder why it takes forever like it's it seems simple because we're used to it and then when you map it out you're like oh gosh we need we need to fix this <laughs> That's absolutely right. And it's only then when you are seeing it visually and you're saying, all right, there's something else that could, that could actually, you know, help me to automate, you know, maybe a, a certain part of the process. And, you know, one of the misconceptions too, when we talk about processes is that many people want, I want everything automated. And there may, there is going to be parts of it where not everything is going to be automated at once. Maybe it's half of it. Maybe there's some things that are some special touches. Um, and I, I had, when I was introduced to that concept and that idea, I said, you know what, that, I said, that's a, I said, that's right. Because when you think about, you know, being able to put your, what your special touch on things, that might just be what is called for in that season. 
you know, so it's going to be really dependent on, again, outcomes. What are you, you looking to accomplish? And again, the people factor is not just you and your team member. It's also that outward facing the customer and the client, you know, and how they fit into the process. So making sure that you're putting the, the, the hat of the customer or the client on, that's helpful too. I think that is like such an important thing because um, I know a lot of people in the business world use the, the Sabo to like, you know, send their contracts, yes. send their invoices and all that. And most of the time when I'm on the customer side and I receive that stuff, half the time I'm just like, oh my goodness, they're using that. Like, cause to me on the customer side, it's, it's automates everything on the business side, but on the customer side, I'm like, oh, this isn't, sometimes it's just so complicated and clunky. Like it brings me to a page sometimes where it's like, here's all like your client side. And I'm like, none of these links work. Like I can't get to this. This isn't right. I have no idea what's going on. And they're like, but they're, they've automated things on the business side. So like, we're good. And I'm like, but not from a customer's perspective. <laughs> Absolutely. And I think, you know, a lot of that also comes to, you know, making sure that you're familiar with the, the tool. And again, this aspect of how does the tool fit within the client or customer experience? I think that's also an important um, point as well. And so even with, for some of the things that are automated on my side, on the Dipsado piece, you know, I, I wanted to, the goal was to make things simplified um, so that there wasn't necessarily too many steps in between that I, I needed to take care of. But I think too, also, which is also great is I also like to send emails in between um, those particular automations. And I think that's also just my own personal touch. And again, I, I have things that are templated and I tweak um, and I add based upon our conversation, but then it gives that personal touch. You know, I'll say, you're going to be receiving this email. It's going to say X, Y, and Z. The next steps we're going to be doing is X, Y, and Z. And so that kind of helps to make sure Sure that people understand, oh, okay, this is what I should be looking out for. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Okay. So in your business, you go and create these processes. Are these processes that you create, is it the same as creating standard operating procedures or as people like to short it to SOPs or are those different? Well, yeah, I mean, they're all in the same, I would say, family or they're in the same domain, right? So when we're talking about standard operating procedures, we're really looking at, you know, what is that guide? What's that step-by-step -step process, again, that you could hand off to an individual and that they can actually uh, own it and that they're actually working through each step. And then also too, what's great about it as well is that if you bring on other team members and you can have the opportunity to cross train, that individual knows what's happening. Now, when I'm um, even referring to having a, a specific, even a, a project management process, I'm really actually looking at it from the perspective of, all right, how do we actually go about doing the work? And so that's often the question that um, people don't ask a lot. I think we often get the work done because again, we have an assignment and we just go and we just get it done. And that's all, you know, and, and most of the time there's actually nothing wrong with that, right? We're just getting the work done because that's what we know to do. But what it means to actually have a project management process is that you are actually having a framework that you're creating from start to finish. And that's something again, where no matter um, how many clients come into the queue, if you have a, a particular service that you have, then, you know, the process in itself will be the same in terms of from, from phase one to phase um, five, which means that I'm 
which means that when someone comes in, they know what to do, meaning the someone, meaning your team member, they know where, what role that they play in the process. Um, and so oftentimes I am doing both in the sense of helping to craft what the actual SOPs are, but then also looking at the work process in itself. How are you getting the project done? Who's involved? What's going on in the planning process? Looking at scheduling, which is different from time management. Um, and I like to make that distinction because time management is where you're essentially looking at your priorities, your calendars, your tasks and things. And then the, the schedule management piece is what are these particular deadlines within the project itself that need to get done? So we often have to balance out we might have multiple projects. So we have to balance out our time because most of us aren't just one hat. We are, you know, um, we may be parents and we may be married. We may, um, you know, uh, be care providers or have careers, you know, all different types of things. And so I think it's so, super important that we make sure that we have realistic deadlines when we're delivering products and services to our clients based upon what our time will allow. Right. And even like within the business, because if you're like, okay, yeah, you have life outside of work. That's great. My employees, they should be working when they're supposed to be working. If they're working on multiple clients, multiple projects, that scheduling is still important. Like it's insiding is when are they working on this client versus this client? You can't, like, as you said, it's putting realistic deadlines. You can't have them working on two things at the exact same time, you know, that one needs to be done before the other, you know, type thing. So making sure that you are giving your team time or deadlines that they can actually meet based on the work that you're giving them. Yes. I, I mean, you know, the thing about managing multiple projects can be super, super tricky, but not impossible. And which is why I always am emphasizing people to whenever you, whether you're starting a business, whether you've been in business for a while, if you're not working inside of a project management tool to really help centralize your work, you really, you are really at a disadvantage because I'm imagining that you're working out of email, uh, many different sporadic Google Docs, text messages, um, Slack pings, and all the things in between. When, when you're talking about managing multiple projects, you're really looking at, all right, what are these key deadlines within these projects that need to get done and having your team members who are working on those. And some, may, some people may be paired together. Some team members may be paired together on specific projects, others may not. But again, that's why having a process and a workflow is, is very important. And so when we talk about workflow specifically, we're really talking about, especially when we're in a tool called ClickUp, we're really talking about, all right, what are these um, sequential steps that are, that are in place? How do we actually move the work across these different um, phases to actually reach our goal? And so inside of the tool itself, it helps you to be able to um, visualize, again, that aspect of visualization, visualize deadlines, visualize um, where, where the work is um, taking place. And then also helps you as a leader to make sure in terms of workload, if, some, if there's two or three other projects that are also gearing up, you know, in terms of workload, who needs to be able to start the project or not. Right, exactly. And sometimes like, uh, just to share everyone an example of like some of that kind of balancing of like workload, one of the things that I know I had to do, oh, I think it was like two months ago, was I had two clients that wanted to start the same week. I'm like, well, and I was realistic with the second one that came on. I was like, I can do your kickoff call that week. 
but I can't deliver you your strategy until the following week because I will not have time. And it's like, it was that realistic expectation of, I can't be writing two strategies on the same day, the same time. They're very time consuming. And if you, if I'm going to put the best work into both and not just like, you know, rush through it, which I'm not going to do. It was creating that clear expectation of, Hey, it takes like, there's overlapping resources here. One has to be done and then the other and, and stuff like that. Um, you made, you made a comment about using a kind of like a tool or a system and stuff like that and get out of like your email and Google, random Google docs and stuff like that. And I love that in two weeks, we have on uh, Heather Chambres who is coming on and she is sharing the employee side of when a, a lot of that stuff is going wrong and how it impacts your team members. And that's the thing that she said is they, they were doing a lot of kind of that manual stuff or project management and it became very chaotic when the team kept growing. And when it was just her and a, the boss and a really small team, they could do it. But as the team kept growing, there was too much stuff to manage that way. And one of the things she told me in our conversation when we were preparing for the episode was it took so much of her time to answer her boss's questions because her boss would ask her instead of going looking at all these places because it was too much for him to look at. And she kept saying, we need to centralize where we're tracking all this stuff so pretty much he could go and self-serve and just like one click. Okay. I see the status of that. Okay. I see the status of that without him having to take the time to email her, her having to take the time to then go check these five different things and email him back. Oh, absolutely. I, I, that aspect of centralizing your work is going to be crucial. And again, this, and, and again, this aspect of empowering your team with information. I'm big on that. I think as leaders, we need to make sure that we are empowering our team members to number one, be in their zone of genius. And number two, with the information, including the process and the tool itself, the technology that leverages the process so they can be able to execute accordingly and being able to have that in the tool where you know a task is assigned and you can, you can if you need to um, be uh, like a, what they call in ClickUp, like a watcher um, and need to be notified, then they can notify you, especially if they have a question. And therefore you are doing the work that you're assigned to do and you already know with confidence okay my team members taking uh, care of that and then we know that when we have our scheduled check-in that you know we'll be talking about these items and so that's what's all that's what's going to make people less frustrated that's what's going to keep people focused on the right thing and you want folks to be have their energy in the right places so that they can be able to focus on what matters most Exactly. And I love that. And okay, let's talk about tools for a quick second, because I know you mentioned ClickUp. Is ClickUp your go-to all the time, or do you have other tools that you suggest for clients to use as well? Absolutely. So I, I do want to, I want I put a few things into perspective about the tools. And um, I, I got this from one of my uh, colleagues is that, you know, tools actually have personalities per the uh, per entrepreneurs and leaders. So yeah, so, so ClickUp is used um, for all things uh, managing my projects and my work. And I do consulting in that as well. Uh, but also too, uh, I am a big proponent in terms of 
you know, where is it that you're going to keep things documented? So when we're talking about using the SOPs, definitely use what you have. I'm really big on Google Drive. If that's serving you and your team, then use that for, you know, documenting uh, your SOPs in that. It's great to have those, these integrations with these PM tools, right? Um, because Google Drive and Docs can be um, inserted um, within ClickUp as well. Definitely when you want to cut down on meetings, um, one of the things I'm really huge on in terms of meeting management is, again, having the right people inside of these meetings. So that means maybe you use Loom um, as a tool that you can actually record a video on, maybe you want to ask a question, you know, on something you're working on, and you just want to record a Loom video, stick it within ClickUp and be able to tag that person and say, hey, I'd love for you to look at this today. Could you get back, you know, get back to me by this time? I have a question about X, you know, and being able to have that uh, is really crucial because, you know, maybe, you know, folks are busy, you know, and being able to come onto the Zoom and, you know, talk to that individual, sometimes that may not always be warranted. Sometimes it's just the visual component and just reading something and, and helping on, on that. And I think too, another key piece as well is that, you know, I think Airtable is also a really great tool to use, but you just want to track different things. And what I mean by that is that there's always a way just in terms of using things, um, whether it is, you know, um, your coffee chats, whether it's your, um, you know, keeping your, your client leads, your clients as well. Sometimes you just want a centralized database that you can actually set up even for client case studies. So I really like the aspect of using Airtable for things like that. Many people use also Airtable for managing their group coaching programs and all these types of things. Again, tracking of information uh, as well. So those I would say that are my, my top four when it comes to, uh, when it comes to um, working with teams and, and, and organizing yourself. Yes, I love it. And I love how you just mentioned it's like the tools have their own personality and everything. And you might find that one doesn't work for you. Like there's a lot of project That's management right. tools out there. I am a ClickUp fan. ClickUp is what I use. Um, so I, I love it versus like some of the other ones that I've tried. But I remember being on a mastermind and one of, the, one of the other ladies on it, she was like, I keep trying ClickUp. She goes, I don't know. I don't know. It's just not jiving. And I'm like, stop trying to force it to work find another tool that works for you. And like, if it doesn't work with what you, with the way your business flows or the way you're looking for a tool to, I don't know, move, like move through things, like find something else instead of forcing it, but have a tool, like use something for that project management. That's right. Oh yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And also we also, I, I think, believe we often stress over adopting a tool as if it's the end all be all because you know, I tell my clients all the time, you know, when it, especially when you're adopting something like ClickUp, I said, it will take, um, you know, a, a bit of a time to get used to, especially if you're brand new to it, if you're not used to being inside of a tool. And I say, leave room, leave room for 90 days for you to actually feel like, all right, you know, I, at least I'm getting some of the basics down. And then of course, from another three months from now to actually feel as if, okay, I'm actually settled within the tool itself. But you know what, a year and a, a, another year on top of that six months depending on, again, workflows and the growth of your business and, you know, how you're transitioning, it might not be the tool, right, for you. And you just have to just think strategically, you know, when you're thinking about these tools, does my current tech stack support where I'm going to grow towards? 
you know, and I think that's, I think that's really important question to ask. So you're not necessarily tied to that tool for the rest of your life. This is just for this season. This is what works for me. Right. And if you think about the tools, a lot of them out there, they have different levels and sometimes the different levels have different features. And, you know, part of that is because as businesses grow and they get to the point where they have more employees and they're dealing with more clients and they have all this stuff, they need different things to properly manage that business as when you're a smaller business, you don't need on those lower, cheaper levels. And if you, so if you think about that, like as your business grows, there's more things to help. You need to reevaluate things as your business grows. What works today isn't necessarily what's going to work two years down the road as your business looks completely different. It's completely different revenue size. It's completely different team size. So it's like that grow and evolve with, with the way your business is growing and evolving. Same tools won't work forever. That's, that's exactly right. And being in that state of a evaluation where you're doing, whether it's a quarterly review, uh, you know, when you're actually really looking at that and you're saying, all right, you know, all right, here's what's working. And also too, I'm also a big proponent of, of lessons learned. That's a huge aspect within project management. People um, often maybe think that you only need to do it at the end of something big, but lessons learned is really crucial to do at periodically doing periodic check, maybe do it on a monthly basis, maybe it's quarterly. And what lessons learned is, so so I can explain it, is actually looking at the process or the experience or the event um, that you have and saying, all right, what what worked well? And making a list of that. What didn't work so well? And also too, all right, what adjustments do I need to make in the future? And I always want to preface this by saying is that Lessons learned is never about, you know, oh, you did something wrong and having the blame game. It's really about, in terms of the process, was the original intent of what we were looking to execute on, was that fulfilled? And that's looking, and again, if you're looking at onboarding your your client experience, you can do the same thing with that. You know, what was, what's working well and what's not, what frustrates you? Taking little notes like having some sort of Apple notes or something that you have that you're just jotting things down when then when they come to you and then revisit that, you know, make a date and say, all right, by June 15th um, or, you know, whatever the date is by the end of the quarter, I'm going to go back and I'm going to go and review these things and then see what I need to do to, to improve upon the process. Right. I love that. I love that you're talking about going and reviewing lessons learned, but not playing the blame game, you know, not saying, okay, you did this wrong. It's like, okay, if you did what you're supposed to, and it just didn't work, that's not that something went wrong. And sometimes even when things go wrong, like I always say, you can't fix the past. You can only do better in the future. So if something went wrong, why did it go wrong? You know, was it, we're human, we make mistakes. We are, there's always going to be an error that happens simply because it was a mistake and there's nothing that really could have been, you know, done about it. We don't need to change our processes. We don't need to change our procedures. It was a simple mistake and we're all capable of doing it. But if it was something where something went wrong and something was missed because there's a slip in your process that the person didn't get what they needed to get. So they're maybe going off of old data. How do you fix that in your process to make sure everyone's working off of the same things? I remember I was interviewing someone a few months ago for a client and they were talking about how um, they were in an industry where they were, they had different like kind of kitchens type things across the country that were all making the same product. 
and they were always uh, kind of tweaking the recipe. And well, one of the places ended up with the old recipe. And so when they produced the product, it actually had to be thrown out because it didn't match the new recipe that everyone else was using. And it cost a lot in product. And the one person said, how is it even possible that they have an old recipe? And because then when asked that question, how is it possible that they have this old information? Not that they did something wrong because they had it. They literally had the wrong information in front of them to make that recipe. They created a process of let's make it so everyone is accessing the recipes from the same place. So everyone always has the same one. So not this location has a different recipe database than this one. They created one centralized database to make sure everyone always had the same information. I mean, and that's um, such a great example because when we're looking at from the perspective of what actually went wrong, we're looking at, all right, what was that area that exposed us you know, where we needed to make sure that we have something in place so that we can be able to ensure that, all right, that's a process improvement. We want to make sure that we have that, that gap filled. And I, th- I think that's so, I think that's so crucial. Yes. Yes. All right, Ashley, well, we're getting to the end of our time. So we're going to have to start wrapping up. So if people are sitting there like, okay, I need a little bit of work on my processes and everything. And how can people get in touch with you? Oh, I love that. Uh, people can get in touch with me on LinkedIn, um, and, but also on Instagram at um, Ashley Schuler underscore. And then if you type my name in LinkedIn, you can um, find me as well. And then um, you can go to my website, ashleyshuler.com. And this is where I have my uh, VIP days uh, that you can look at if you would like to work with me, uh, where my ClickUp VIP day really does cent- center on process and really how to streamline your business operations and how are you managing your projects? And so we do a lot of really great work um, where I take uh, three particular workflow processes and build something out for you in a day, um, which I love that piece of it as well. And so you can get to know me there, uh, but also as well, there's also another VIP day. It was called the Organize Me VIP Day, which is really helps to align the goal setting uh, to the project management and also the time management piece of it as well. And these are for those um, particular founders and CEOs that are just overwhelmed. I got a lot going on and I don't know how to navigate what exactly I'm supposed to be working on. And so uh, I, this is just, a, again, another powerful VIP day where we really break everything down. We really blow everything up and we put it back together again. So that's the two opportunities. Click up VIP day where you are looking to uh, make sure that you and, and your team are set to go just in terms of your, your click up experience and how you guys are working on a day-to-day basis. And then the Organize Me VIP Day, which is really centered on how do I make sure that I'm creating alignment with my goals, my, uh, my, my, project, my projects I'm working on, and then also my time. So managing those time and those tasks. Right. All right. Thank you, Ashley. All right. Final question that I love to ask all my guests. We've all had leaders or managers that have stood out to us. Think of a leader or manager, either in your personal life or your professional life that has stood out to you and share with us one great thing about them. Let's see. Let's see. I mean, listen, this is such a great question and I'm trying to just narrow it down very quickly because I have have a couple in my mind, but what I would say is that what's in this season that's working well for me is that um, having these, having two peer mastermind groups um, and one of them is like, we're a team of three and the other is like a team of 
of of seven we're called we call ourselves the avengers so marvel don't come after us uh, but what i love about this is that when you are a leader uh, what depending whatever your hat that you have on career professional whatever is that keeping your keeping yourself accountable and that these are what these groups do for me uh, being able to grow as a as a leader in personal development in terms of you know communication in terms of you know having difficult conversations in terms of strategy and approach and so that, those are the the areas that I grow in how how me as a leader am I actually showing up every day uh, making sure that I'm keeping integrity at the forefront. Um, so those are the two, my two groups. The one is the Avengers and the other is the Kingdom Accountability um, group. So yeah, those are my two uh, that uh, are that are super fantastic. Love it. And I think peer mastermind groups are absolutely amazing. Last year, I was part of uh, one of just a small group of us working in the HR space. And oh, it was wonderful. So great. It was just a bunch of us decided to get together, uh, I think twice a month over Zoom. And we would just talk about what's going on in our business. And, and just like, sometimes it was just getting the permission that you needed to make the decisions that you're like, I, I don't know what to do here. I like, you know, what, what should I do and how do I do it? And like you mentioned in a way, like full of integrity that, you know, I can get what I need out of my business and I'm delivering the right messages to my clients, especially when we want to make changes of our products or services or our prices right. and stuff like that. It was, it was fantastic. It really helped me grow my business a lot. And so I think, I think everyone should join some level of a peer mastermind group if they're not a part of one already. Oh yeah. Awesome. Oh, that sounds great. All right, Ashley, thank you so much for joining us today on the Growing Your Team podcast. Oh, thank you so much, Jamie. And thank you all for listening. And that wraps up this episode of the Growing Your Team podcast. Did you enjoy this episode? If so, and you have not done so yet, please subscribe to the Growing Your Team podcast so you can stay up to date on all the latest episodes and hear all the greatest tips from our guest experts on how you can grow your team so you can scale your business. And if you haven't done so yet, please consider leaving us a review. I would love to hear what you think of the podcast and your review will help other people decide if this is the right podcast for them. So once again, thank you for listening and be sure to subscribe and leave us a review. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Growing Your Team with your host, Jamie Van Kite. Be sure to subscribe and head on over to growingyourteam.com to connect, access the show notes, and discover more ways to hire and leverage your perfect fit team.